Why, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Urban Health Podcast, keeping busy people healthy. I'm Stephanie Webster, a nutritional therapist in Harley Street, London, specialising in fat loss, gut health and hormone optimization therapy for busy executives and entrepreneurs over 40. My clients come to me because... They want to change their body composition and at the start of the process they might be 20, 30 or even over 40% body fat, wanting to get down to around 10% for men and around 18% for women. So let's say somebody comes to me over 40% body fat, they're typically with me for a year, maybe longer, and at the end of their fat loss process they have a smaller body but might still have some excess skin. So they still don't like their bodies and they want to further the transformation. In this case, having skin removal surgery might be appropriate. It will restore your confidence and truly complete your transformation and give you a body that you love. So, to help us understand more about this procedure, today we have the honour of having Mr. Ivo Guanmija on the show. Mr. Guanmija is a plastic surgeon offering a wide range of plastic surgery procedures, including facial aesthetic breast enhancement, body contouring, and craniofacial. His website is www.ivoguanmija.com. So, Ivo, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. So, before we get technical, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do, and why do you do what you do? What inspires you? Okay, so thank you. Um, so, um, as you said, I'm a plastic surgeon. Um, I've been in practice now for just over eight years. I'm trained in both plastic surgery and craniofacial surgery, so that's deformities of the face and the skull. And I did my fellowships here in London at Great Ormond Street and at the Cleveland Clinic in the United States where we did some face transplant work as well. Um, I do what I do. Well, I ended up in plastic surgery, I would say par hasard, as the French would say, because I really wanted to do um, cardiothoracic surgery. But after four months of cardiothoracic surgery, uh, I got a bit fed up. So my <laughs> mentor was a cardiothoracic surgeon, suggested plastic surgery. And then I got into plastic surgery a few months later and I've not looked back since. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's me. And you've had weight loss transformation clients before mm-hmm. and you see them before and you see them after and you see how the skin has shrink-wrapped around their body and they have a much taller look. After the surgery. After the surgery. Correct, yeah. How, how do they feel? after having such such a procedure? So what they say is they, they're full of confidence. Mm. Um, they, they have a better life quality from what they say. And um, those with issues like diabetes seem to um, do a lot better because diabetes then appears to be under control. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be gained by uh, getting yourself into shape. And when someone has lost significant weight, where do they tend to have excess skin? Normally the gut, the arms, Correct. the thighs. Correct. Buttocks even. But so every, buttocks, buttocks, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. you, get, you get like ex- deflation. Mm-hmm. So things just hang around, you know, even on the face. Yeah. And the neck. Yeah. You know, and the breasts. And you, know. you do the whole thing? Yeah, you can do them in stages. Do you prefer to do it in stages? Oh, you, yes, you have to do it in stages. You can't do it all at once. It's just too much surgery. Okay. So it will take maybe a good 18 months to two years to do the whole body. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, you kind of, because they have to be um, fit as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, physically fit. Mm-hmm. They have to be well nourished. That's a big thing with um, weight loss patients. So all the minerals mm-hmm. and the protein levels, you need to bring them back to uh, um, 
physiological levels, mm -hmm. and th their weight needs to have been stable for at least six months. Mm -hmm. Because anything less than that, you're asking for trouble, they'll get seromas and they'll have wound breakdowns. Yes, and so I think last time you said they can't be smoking either. Yes, yes, non-smokers. And then you, some of them, and then those who are diabetics seem to do quite well. So when you take away that excess skin, you'll find that the blood sugar gets better regulated. So some people have come to you for a consultation, and some are, they all have excess skin, but some people are eligible, and some people are not eligible. What makes somebody eligible, and what makes somebody not? So basically, the, the points I raised before. Okay. So, um, nutritional status is the key. Okay. So protein levels, um, minerals, so magnesium, manganese, sodium, potassium, chlor um, chloride, all those things. You know, then obviously the hemoglobin levels, the red blood cells. So all of those, and then the protein levels, the amylase levels mm -hmm. as well. So you need to check all of those, and then uh, they need to be if they have comorbidities, medical problems, you know, previous strokes and DVDs, Then you you really they, you know that that you can you should really be operating on those kind of patients because you're just asking for trouble. Okay. And then, um, and they have to be prepared to go through the journey too. Psychologically, they have to be ready for that. Yeah, yeah. We look after them on that on that front. And if you <coughs> see somebody who has excess skin but they don't qualify, either because of other factors that you're mentioning now, or um, the skin isn't quite loose enough, mm -hmm. it, what what's the solution for that? Difficult. It is right. Yeah. Because there's all these other things, lasers, there's radio frequency, it doesn't work, you're not a fan. No, no, they don't work. You can't, you need to just get rid of the excess skin. You just have to get under the knife. Yeah. But what about if somebody doesn't want to go under the knife and they want to use something softer, maybe t to start and then come to you if later? It's, if it's weight loss, significant weight loss, then there isn't much else to do. Well, you heard it here. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, it must be really rewarding, though, to see someone change their appearance, and it, it must be quite inspiring for you to yeah, see I mean, the smile on somebody's face. I a lady who's lost significant amount of weight, and she needs a body lift. Mm -hmm. so, a body lift? Yeah. What's so, that, then? So basically, she's lost so much weight, but she's got a lot of, like, the, the leg is sagging, the buttocks sagging, yeah. tummy sagging, bum sagging, you know, so we need to get rid of all the excess skin. Um, so we went through the sequence of events. So I'm going to do liposuction to the lower to the legs uh -huh. and a body lift circumferential, a bare lipectomy, so circumferential, addressing her tummy, addressing the legs, and addressing the bone in the same operation. And you've got some interesting techniques to prevent excess scarring, because one of the big things that clients get worried about when you're cutting the skin, that you're going to have this massive long scar, uh -huh. but you've actually got quite a nice way of... Yeah, so medicular suturing, minimizing the tension. And the other thing as well, which is not very popular, common, common, which is not really used in the UK, is what you call in-situ negative pressure suction therapy. Say that again. In-situ negative suction pressure therapy. So what is that? you get a vac pump. So basically you get a foam dressing, you put across the wound that's closed, you hold the foam dressing in place with uh, transparent uh, or adhesive uh, film dressing, so it keeps it around the wound, and then you make a little like cruciate incision on the on the uh, transparent dressing, and then you attach that through a tubing to a negative suction machine, which applies negative pressure. So it kind of like vacuum sucks, and like wow. Vacuum. And that process minimizes the tension along the wound, so it helps prevent buildup of. Uh, uh, it applies pressure, so it closes down the dead space, mm -hmm. and if there's any collection of fluid in the wound, it will suck it out as well. Mm -hmm. So. By so doing, it minimizes the tension along the wound, and mm -hmm. the wound heals quite nicely. 
Because whenever I've heard you speak about scarring in your marketing material on your website, which your website's fantastic, it's got so many informative videos. So if you are looking to get a feel for your surgeon or even understand about a procedure, having all these informative videos really helps you understand what you're getting yourself into. But you always talk about when it comes to scarring, tension. So Correct. it's the tension that makes a scar Strange. heal beautifully or not. Yes, so minimizing the tension will improve the quality of the scar, mm -hmm. definitely. If there is tension across the wound, then you'll have a poor scar. Okay, and she's having a body lift, which will involve further liposuction in so, the pockets. Correct, and she, she's having actually a bare lipectomy, which is a combination of a body lift and a thigh lift. Wow. So she'll have a circumferential scar. So mm -hmm. I was telling her that we need to get that machine, the vacuum machine, so once we've done all the surgery, we'll then put the foam dressing around, circumferentially, attach it to a back negative suction machine, and she'll have it for a week. And that just means... A week? Yeah. What, at home? Yeah, it's ambulatory. At home? And ambulatory, small device. You can carry it around with you. It's about two kilograms heavy. You can carry it around with you? Correct. Oh, two kilograms? Yeah, the machine. So you're getting a workout as well? Fantastic. I like yeah. combining tasks. <laughs> no, so, so she carries it to work? No, she carries it at home with her. Wow. So she takes it home, and then I'll see her a week later, and then change all the dressings. That's but impressive. But it, it's great, because what it does is it uh, minimizes the tension across the wound. Okay. And, and um, does she have to wear compression garments? Yes, so she'll have a compression garment, but that will be on top of all that. Mm -hmm. And how long is the recovery? So there's acute the recovery, and then there's quite a lot. A week. A week? Yeah. But she has to wear the compression garment for longer? Yes, six weeks. Yeah. So a week all the time with a compression garment, and at night time for four or five weeks. That's so amazing. Yeah. And what are you doing to her uh, augment, breast augmentation? No, we're just doing the lower, the legs and the belly. Okay. Yeah, she's already had breast work done and, and arms done by somebody else. Okay. But she came to me because she wasn't very happy with her arms with the last surgeon. So. Is she intimidated? By the surgery. Because it's quite a lot to take on. She she's prepared. This was the th this was the third consultation I was having with her today. Mm -hmm. So she's I think she's mentally prepared. So we're doing this over Christmas. Mm -hmm. So we're now August and we're making plans already for Christmas. That's nice. Yeah. So it gives her enough time to um, mentally prepare herself. Okay. So it's not just about the tummy tuck. There's other areas that you got affected. Can we talk about the the buttock area mm -hmm. and the Brazilian butt lift that you're famous for? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm famous, no, but I do have a fair, fit, a fair, a fair few. So the Brazilian butt lift really, really is for health. I prefer to do it in younger girls. Mm -hmm. We just want a bit of you know, augmentation, a bit of volume in the bum. What about men? Actually, funnily enough, I had a guy come see me today, and actually I was gonna, I'm going to do a bit of a Brazilian butt lift on him. Good, yeah. yeah he's lost weight too, actually. That's really funny. He came all the way from Swindon. Mm -hmm. um, he was wondering whether I needed buttock implants, but I'm not a big fan of buttock implants. So what do, you, do you prefer to take the fat from I one area? The and fat. Yeah, the fat is much more natural. I mean, I know fat grafting to the buttocks had a lot of controversies because of the deaths in Turkey, but there, there's a way of doing it. You know, you put the fat in the subcutaneous space and not in the muscle. If you go into the muscle, you're asking for trouble because you've got large veins in the muscle. And also the media third of the gluteus, the, the buttock area, you should stay well well away from that because that's where all the big veins are. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you use a, I use a power-assisted liposuction device mm -hmm. um, that, that vibrates and that allows for the expansion of the tissues and creates a subcutaneous plane. And that's where the fat goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like how you're explaining it to me as if I'm going to try it at home. <laughs> what you do is, right, you just avoid the third of the buttock. <laughs> the third. Yeah, yeah, you're saying it like, like you're... Um, 
like you're explaining to me, like I'm going to try it at home. But actually, you know, the, the three-year-old inside me has to ask, you know, the excess skin, where does it go? You mean after you've removed it? Yeah. It gets taken away. Yeah, but where? Staff, this, the guys would take away the waste, can't pick it up. Okay, I'll move it on. It got to dispo dispose of. I'm not exactly sure where it takes it, but it, you know, it gets put in a bag. Yeah. Um, anyway. An orange bag, and then it gets... It gets taken away. It's just sometimes I get curious. Yeah. It's fine. I think maybe it's some incinerators. I don't know. Okay. I'm and not sure. That's a good question. I need to find out. No, I'm you not... don't need to find out. I need to find out because I'm just today I've been looking at a building to set up my own hospital. Yes, I want you to set up your own hospital. Yeah, just today. Just this afternoon. I've seen the building in, in Wapping, actually. Not Wapping? Yeah. Why so far away? I live in East London. Oh, of course. Yeah. Are you, so you're going to leave us in Harley Street? You're going to, you're going to leave and go there? That's tragic. I may come to Harley Street maybe once a month. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, but we'll this, is a, this is going to take me a six-month project, though, because we need to get the funds in. I need to find a construction firm to do it. Then we need to get a D1 permit. So this may, you know, so maybe February, March next year. But it's just nice to have your own surgery center, which is what I've always wanted to do. So I, I will not just have plastic surgery there. I'll have aesthetic medicine. Nutrition, of course. Yes, then nutrition and dentistry. <laughs> Yeah. Nutrition, yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 It's um I mean it's I went I saw it today, it doesn't mean I can't find somewhere else. But I'll just keep on keep in looking looking out for something. It's good. We'll have a hospital warming party and it'll be all themed. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be nice coat. if I could have you know, if I could have my own surgery, just like the American surgeons do. If I could have my own place I'll be Really, well, really happy. Well, you have outgrown, you've built such a beautiful practice. You've got so many clients and so many followers coming to you from all over the world for your surgeries. You've actually outgrown your current facilities. Yeah, so I need, I need you my need own, your own place. Yeah, I need my own place. Well, I need, I need, I need a, you know, that's the next stage now. You know, need my own place where I can do my own procedures, you know, yeah. be they minor or major, but at least I'll start with minor procedures and then build from there. Who knows? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about neck lift because this also applies not just to those who have lost significant amounts of weight, but as we age, facial aesthetics and neck aesthetics become more important to men and women, particularly over 40. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Why does the neck age? What is this turkey neck that people speak of? And why do we age in the neck? And how can we lift the neck, lift the face? So we age everywhere, and it's for two reasons. So loss of elasticity of the tissues with aging mm -hmm. and the effects of gravity. Yeah. yeah. So when you, you've got good enough elasticity, the tissues don't hang around. You know, they don't hang around. So how can we improve our elasticity so we don't, we, we don't need to come and see you? It's aging process. You can't really change that. That will carry on. Really? Surprise. Yeah, yeah. it will carry on. I refuse um, to believe. Yeah, it will carry on. Uh, uh, you know, but the matter of... Some of the simple things are minimizing sun damage, mm -hmm. keeping yourself hydrated, mm -hmm. and keeping your body moisturized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so people would say, oh, black people don't age as much as... It's true. It's because they got a thicker dermis, they got more sebaceous glands that keep the body, the skin moisturized. I met this gentleman from Eritrea, yeah. and he looked 35, and he was 91. He literally looked... Yeah, it's so true. it's genetics as well, mm. you know. And then you get... In the face, you get the change in the bone with aging. So the bone thins, the volume of the dense, the bone, the volume of the bone reduces. Not many people know that. They think yeah, it's just it's, the it's, face. It's, it's a new thing. It's something that's really just been found uh, in the last decade or so. That the bone reduces. At, correct. Mm -hmm. The density reduces and the volume of the bone reduces. Mm -hmm. And the bone changes with passage of time. Mm -hmm. um, they looked at people's CT scans and looked at the volume 
and the shape of the bone over several years, and you see that change. I will say, though, resistance exercise and lifting heavy weights has been shown to thicken bone density. Correct. And uh, this is particularly important if you've ever had steroid medication that has eroded your, your bone density. Mm-hmm. But also, having a lot, of, uh, a lot of weight training in your schedule improves your elasticity anyway because you've got increased human growth hormone, optimum nutrition, improves your collagen. It, you're at least minimizing the speeding up of the aging process. You're putting some sort of insurance against aging too quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you're fighting against gravity continuously. Well, I can't, I can't walk upside down all the time. <laughs> that would be the only last thing on my list that I'd, I'd need to do myself. But um, Okay, so tell us what you do within the neck lift. Would you make incisions behind so the neck? you make an incision behind the neck, and then lay a submental incision. If they've they got pre-black, it's not flat, or soft-black, it's not flat. Uh-huh. Just scoop it up. And then um, you then undermine the tissues. Then with gentle traction, you take up the excess tissue. So the scars should be around it here. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, so yeah, so the, the scar that goes just in front of the ear and then around the ear and yeah. to somewhere in the middle of the ear. And then if it's a lot of skin, you have to then go back and then along the hairline. Wow. But I rarely do that. So you've got the short scar facelift type incision or the long scar where you go right back. But okay. For, I've rarely used the long scar. Most people seem to be okay with the short scar. Okay. Uh, and sometimes do patients feel, oh, I, sh- I shouldn't really get this done, it's quite vain, you know, I should just age, particularly English, I, is that a cultural yeah, thing, no, or I do you find no. that different cultures are I more think, keen? I think by the time someone's come to you, they've fairly made up their mind. Yeah. This is not a decision you make overnight, you know. There's first of all the fear of surgery, the fear of things, something going wrong, and then it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things, you know, factors, and then you're putting yourself into somebody's hands when you don't really have to. It's not a life-saving thing. No. You don't. You could leave with your aging neck, you know, with no issues. I don't know if I could. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's not life-threatening. Yeah. Um, so I guess we, we have to do the best we can to prevent uh, aging. Mm-hmm. And then if we haven't managed, then we come and see you. And that's only as a last resort. <laughs> okay, fine. So, and let's talk about breakfast breast augmentations mm-hmm. so we've got different options mm-hmm. some people do fat transfer some people do round silicon implants some people do the teardrop over the muscle under the muscle so what's the difference what would you use in which case so uh, what do people prefer so it depends so you know when i see someone obviously you need to take a full history mm-hmm. then you examine them and then you make a decision now actually i'm stepping up my practice to unvaluable i'm now doing 3d imaging for the breast as well wow so from that it works out the volume that's required and the type of implant. So we can try different models of implants and we see what the, the breast looks like. And then the patient then decides what they wish to have. So I've got that too now. Wow. So actually meeting the rep tomorrow to pay for it. I've already got a 3D Vectra software that I use for rhinoplasty, but this one's called the, H, the, uh, the H2, which we'll be using for body contouring, dermatology rhinoplasty, facelift, and breast augmentation. I would love to have that for a before and after the whole body. As in, this is your size now, and here's how small you're going to be in, in a month's time. So I'd love to have that for, for me. But Okay, so then so the how do they decide, decide round? Or? So for a round implant is when they've got globally small um, breast. So mm-hmm. when I say globally, I'm talking of upper and lower poles of the breast. 
for a teardrop, <coughs> the teardrop, the volume is concentrated in the lower half. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's for those who've got diminished volume in the lower half of the breast. Mm. And that's where they, that's so that's why you use the teardrop. But the downside with the teardrop, although this has never happened to me, there's a lot of complaints about the implant rotating. People say flipping, flipping over. Yeah, um, I've never had that. I've had some really good results with teardrop. <clears throat> but it's mainly for those patients where there's deficiency of volume in the lower half of the breast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a fan of making adjustments to your body if I know that it's going to have a significant difference in your self-esteem. I mean, we should love our body and appreciate what it is and be kind to it. And, uh, but I do feel very upset when some of my clients look in the mirror and they really hate what they see. When I refer them to a plastic surgeon, they have their surgery done, and then afterwards they say to me, oh my God, it's just such a brilliant procedure, I feel so much happier. What I get worried about, though, is if somebody actually doesn't like themselves still, because the problem is psychological, but you have a way of weeding out that in your consultations to make sure that uh, the person is going to be happy afterwards, and it's not just a, a psychological condition where they just hate themselves regardless of what they look like. Mm, yeah, that, it's, a, it's difficult. It's a difficult one, actually, and so many times I've wondered whether to take on a, a full-time full psychologist because you're really spending half an hour to 45 minutes with some of these patients. You don't really know them, and there are times you'd operate on them, and then you realize later on that actually there is more to it than you thought, mm -hmm. particularly with rhinoplasty patients. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, rhinoplasty patients, oh, my God. So rhinoplasty is nose. Yeah, uh, nose, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, with them, I do a full psychological screen. So I screen for anxiety, depression. Uh, depression, and body dysmorphia. So I got a score score system, a proper um, uh, tested questionnaire um, that's de designed for for those uh, three mm -hmm. um, issues. And so I do that, and I score them up myself. If it's beyond the threshold, then I refer them to a psychologist, and I don't operate on them. Mm -hmm. um, but you get the one or two that slip through. Maybe one or two they've been to several doctors, surgeons. Mm -hmm and they know exactly what to say, and yeah. they're being rejected in several places, and then you operate on them. And I've had one guy, for example, send me something like 103 emails in the space of eight months, um, and then threatening and insulting, calling Chicago a charlatan. Yeah, I've got, yeah, same guy, you know. And then he's, he goes through um, phases where he would be quiet for like three weeks, and then suddenly he sends like, 10 emails within the space of 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's very upsetting. If somebody has body dysmorphia, they, they literally don't like what they see. Yeah. And no matter what you do, you can't help. Yeah. But yeah. but uh, what I do like is your patients, who the male patients who have uh, gynecomastia mm -hmm. and they have excess tissue around the breast area. And for mm -hmm. men, that can be very psychologically damaging. And when you've removed that for them, they've really had an amazing result. And psychologically, they've been uplifted. And any depression that they had before, they no longer have. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really the place the, uh, of plastic surgery in, in your overall health care. If, if you're going to be healthier mentally for it, then it's actually really valid. Mm -hmm. So tell us about gynecomastia and how so it's, it's helped your patients. So basically, it's in the, you know, people call it the male breast. So that's excess breast tissue in the male. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about it last time, the causes, so physiological, so it could be young age, adolescence, or old age. Mm -hmm. It's an imbalance with the estrogen levels, estrogen and androgens in the body. Mm -hmm. And then pharmacological, um, 
where they take certain medications, things like cimetidine, so antacids, or spironolactone for hypertension. That causes imbalances as well in the hormonal levels. Or it could be pathological, where they've got a tumor, um, like a testicular cancer or liver cancer that increases the amount of estrogen circulating in the body. Or, or it could be recreational, they're taking things like marijuana. Mm -hmm. So that can cause male breasts as well. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the treatment, can you smell something? The treatment modality is, um, so essentially um, you can do ultrasonic, um, ultrasound assisted liposuction. And for the more severe cases, you combine that with uh, surgery where you do excision of tissue. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, ultrasonic, um, assist, ultrasonic assisted liposuction would help remove the excess breast tissue and allow the skin to retract. Mm, okay. Yeah. And um, okay. And what about hair transplants? You do that also? I do that too, yes. Not all too often, but I've got one or two cases that I've done, which is okay, which is good. So See, I, I, I like a, a shaved yeah. head. I like it. But so, I know that some, certain gentlemen, particularly they've had a lot of hair in their youth. Well, it causes a lot of distress when it, they see their hair, hairline changing and you know, yeah. some people get very distressed by that. Extremely, they do. Yeah. So you can do strip or follicle, follicular you need extraction. I like that, FUE. FUE, yeah. I like the look afterwards, I think it looks much smarter. And um, it, it does cause a lot of distress and it, you know, that's why I'm a real fan of certain procedures that will just you don't need to suffer if you if you're not happy with how you look and mm -hmm. you're in good health and you could afford the time and the money then why not mm -hmm. these things are here on earth to to help us so mm -hmm. yes uh, so tell us about the FUE what's the process so it's essentially ex extracting units of hair follicles and then mm -hmm. using your machine to transplant them and it does it at very good densities so we take the hair from somewhere else from the back of the head occiput mm -hmm. and then does it have to come from there? Can it come it from... Can, it can come from anywhere else. What about the knees? No, no, you need it from the hair-bearing area. So you need oh, okay. some you know, hair that's, you know, type of hair that grows on your scalp. Because the hair on the body is different to the hair on the scalp. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's from your scalp, hair-bearing area on the scalp, yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for coming on to the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Urban Health Method clients? No, I think we've, um, we've had a good discussion. Wow, almost half an hour. It's cool. It's gone quickly, hasn't it? feels like we spoke for 10 minutes. I know. Excellent. And uh, you can see con um, for consultations in number 10 Harley Street just now? Correct. Yes, on a Monday between 9 o'clock and 1 o'clock. Okay. And it's, it's, you know, we've been through the quiet phase now. Things are beginning to pick up again. I had a very busy clinic today. Mm -hmm. and I've had several inquiries by email. So people are asking for facial implants. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of people come with people with asymmetric jaws and stuff. So now I'm going to be sending them to Cavendish Imaging for 3D uh, cone beam. Wow. And then we uh, get Cavendish Imaging or Careless Martin to do the implants in Germany and then send them back and I'll fit them in. Okay. So that's that's what seems to be brewing up for me this, this time. Yeah. Impressive. Okay. I've got two or three cases already. Lovely. So how do we get in touch with you? Phone call, office number 0207-474-1300 or email, go to the website, which is my name, ivogwenmissia.com and send me a message. Thank you so much. We've learned so much from you today. Thank you for being authentic and ethical and very easy to talk to. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay, I've been Stephanie Webster and this is the Urban Health Podcast.